0: So, I mean, 10 cents a scan, and let's say you're doing 4,000 scans a month, right, times 10 cents. So, you're, you're early. You're doing like four or 500 bucks a month in revenue right Very now. Very early,
1: yeah. And I think that we're still discovering the revenue model. I think the pricing model continues <laughs> to reveal itself to us.
0: You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to GitLatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at GitLadka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Carlos Corton. He's building a tool called JoinBindle.com. It's COVID credentials as non-fungible tokens. Carlos, you ready to take us to the top? Let's go. All right. So explain this to someone that has no idea what a what fungible means or a token means or what an NFT is.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so uh, this is derivative technology from, um, from cryptocurrency, right? So you can buy Bitcoin, you can buy Ethereum, but it doesn't have to be money. It could be other things. It could be documents. And in the case of what Bindle is doing, we've decided to take health credentials like vaccine records and test results turn them into tokens that you can carry around on your phone that are cryptographic assets that are encoded that are yours that you can carry as as permanent assets. And then we've got a rules engine that sits on top of that. And let's say you want to go to a movie theater, you want to go to a show, um, the venue is going to have some sort of rule by which they're going to allow people to come in. Um, and what our rules engine will do, or it does today, is it scans through your wallet to find tokens that meet their criteria. So if they say, hey, you need to have been vaccinated or you need to have been tested in the last two days and come back negative, it's gonna look for the tokens that meet and then create what we call a zero knowledge proof, which is a cryptographic entry pass that says this person's good.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: what's great is the venue can then look at that without actually taking any medical data and know that
0: this person's safe to enter. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's issuing that token? Why couldn't Joe Schmo in his basement in Kentucky just act like a healthcare provider and give out, sell a bunch of these tokens, like vaccinated tokens to a bunch of people online? Totally.
1: So, uh, uh, so the answer is um, Joe Schmo can create his own tokens, but it's up to like, the venue whether they want to accept those tokens, right? So typically, and the best tokens you can get are going to be issued by the state of California, issued by the state of New York. And there are verified credentials that are out there that you can ingest into Bindle, and that stuff becomes part of your, your bindle wallet. And then those things can be presented as proof. Um, if you live in a jurisdiction where that's not available, um, CVS health is actually also creating verified credentials in Walmart and a bunch of other administrators. Um, but if you don't have access to that, you can do a self attestation and it might get you into your, your yoga studio, but it might not get you into the Kennedy center, for example. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, so we handle each of those scenarios and then it's really up to the venue themselves to decide, hey, which of these things is, you know, meets the, you know, the criteria of, uh, of what we think is, uh, is appropriate. The and challenge to- I
0: have thinking through a business model like this is like your biggest mm-hmm. competition, in my opinion, is like I was just up in New York last week mm-hmm. and every venue uh, it was, it was show me your, your vaccine card and your thing. And I it was just yeah. a system. I just carried my passport with me. I had the vaccine card taped inside right above my ID and I would just open my passport. Boom, it took two seconds to get in. It's not a ton of pain. So that's like, right. I, how do you convince somebody fair. like, how do you convince someone like me to like go learn what a token is and a wallet is and like get all my healthcare providers to use it and then get all my Walmarts and the local and the start local Starbucks to use it so I can get in and out. How do you do all that?
1: Yeah, I think it's tricky because I do think that it's really convenient just to show your paper card, your CDC card, right? Hey, I've been vaccinated and that's easy and it's universally accepted. I think where it gets tricky is where, um, where you're trying to seat 10,000 people into a stadium and you've got people that need to be kind of going through this stuff with volume, and you've got people that were vaccinated in Europe. You got people that were vaccinated that had different kinds of credentials, and if you don't have some sort of mechanism to get the line moving and get people in and out, um, it's going to bog down. And so uh, we're spending a lot of time um, talking about uh, rapid ingress types of solutions, um, universal scanning where it's a single scan and it can read credentials from around the world, um, and then also you know you know, the, I think the nature of what we've learned about the pandemic over the last year is it keeps changing and the rules of it keep changing. Like in the, what the epidemiologists say is critical and not critical. Like how long is a vaccine good for? Like the science is constantly changing. The opinion is changing. So, you know, now we've got a booster. How do you accommodate that operationally into, you know, safe, safe business practice? And the answer is, it's a lot easier if you've got it. If you got a system that's running on pivot, um, so. I don't
0: disagree with any of that statement that you just made. I, The tech to me makes perfect sense. Where I think yeah. something like this like dies or doesn't work is go to market, right? So like, how do you convince FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland, where the Washington football team plays, to yeah. announce ahead of the game that you must bring your Bindle wallet on your phone and <laughs> show it at the entry. They're never going to do that because it's going to kill ticket sales.
1: So, uh, and you know, I think that the society is still normalizing on what is right and what's appropriate and what's, what's, what's suitable and what's safe. Um, and, uh, and it keeps changing. And so we don't really know. And in terms of like, you know, are, are the, you know, is, is we've been talking to specific NFL teams and to NBA teams and, and, and maybe major league baseball and they're, and they say things like, Hey, if, if the pandemic gets worse, we're just going to stop. Right. And and we think that there's a middle space, right, where you can be responsible, and uh, and and deliberate. Um, And if someone's not willing to download an app and do this in terms of digital registry, then you know they may just be watching the game from home. And Mm -hmm. and you know that's I think I think that's just very that's fair and reasonable. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that. This
0: is, I mean, my dad, by the way, is, 70, is 80, 81 years old. He goes to uh-huh. football games at Landover, Maryland, to watch watching football team. He doesn't even have an iPhone. He doesn't know how to text. Yeah. So, like, this wouldn't even be like, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, like, this it's, is, tough. This it's a is,
1: tough one for him.
0: Totally. But, like, this is the risk that FedEx Field has if they ever made an announcement that said, you need your Bindle wallet to enter, right? They're just, yeah. it's, it's just going to kill someone. They'll have five people sitting in the stadium. How do you, yeah, how do we, you deal with a marketplace issue?
1: We, we think that we think that the Bindle solution needs to coexist with paper, like for as long as we can imagine. Right? I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this solution will displace paper. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit like, hey, there's going to be a fast lane for Bindle, and then you got your slow lane for paper. And I that think makes that, more
0: sense. That makes yeah. more sense to me. It's more like it's more like uh, what's the airport one? It's like clear. I think. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For the airport security type stuff, yeah. which is like, hey, if you want to get through faster. You're pre-checked. You can go right in and you know, just flash your your bindle, um, your identity. And, Got it. Uh, and, and, and so,
0: so who's paying you then? Is it JCM Analytics or Daybreak? Or is it more like the envoys or the employers, Quartz, Pretty Bird, etc.?
1: It's different in every case, but it is on balance. The verifiers are the ones that are paying for this
0: service. The so, verifier. So who is that? Quartz, the employer who won't let employees in the office unless they have yeah. it?
1: it's the employer themselves or it's the venue that's you know that's hosting the show so um uh yeah those are the ones that are that are paying
0: for the service and so, are, and our, so what do they pay you then on average per month uh, to use the technology
1: um it's different in different verticals but as a benchmark we shoot for something on the order of 10 cents per scan so 10 cents per um, scan okay yeah and you know i think you know like industry benchmarks are like dollars per you know dollars per seat right like five dollars per seat and so we just feel like it we the price point should be much lower
0: one of the most common things i hear from SaaS founders as they're getting your mvp launched is you rely on your customers to send you a csv or excel file and you don't want to spend your engineering time building a big bulky csv importer that's why this company FlopFile is growing so fast. They make it really easy for startups to quickly embed and ingrain their customers data into the web application without you having to spend engineering hours, your precious early engineering hours on building a clunky CSV import. You simply use flat file to import your customers. Messy Excel file flat file will clean it up and make it perfect for use in your new web application. Now, the beautiful thing about flat file is it's free to any startup with less than a million in funding or less than five employees. Again, totally free. You can check it out at Nathan.com forward slash startups. That's NathanMaca.com forward slash flat file startups. Well, so when you look at your customers today and you count like on average, how many scans are doing per month, how many scans are they doing per month on average?
1: Um, Right now, I think we're doing uh, a couple thousand a month and I don't have the fresh data, but um, that's total. Yeah, um, we have, I think, short of 100,000 wallets installed and And we're operating in 30 states in the U.S. and then I think two or three Canadian provinces.
0: Okay. So, So, I mean, 10 cents a scan, and let's say you're doing 4,000 scans a month, right? Times 10 cents. So you're you're early. You're doing like four or 500 bucks a month in revenue right now. Very early.
1: Yeah. And I think that we're still discovering the revenue model. I think the pricing model continues (laughs) to reveal itself to us. Uh, We're still like, we're learning right now in terms of what utilization rates are going to be at large events, public events, closed events, um, you know, you know, at weddings, at you know, at celebrations, um, these are one-time private events um, where people are looking for uh, for some sort of reassurance that it's it's going to be uh, safe for my my elderly aunt to attend, and they want to have some sort of assurance that um, that there's some protocols in place.
0: And Carlos, how many customers do you have that did at least one scan in October? Jeez,
1: mm, I should have, I should have. I should have looked at uh, more closely at our volume metrics in October. Um we set our new high in
0: October. I'm just trying to get sense how many customers you're working with who are actually paying yeah. you something.
1: Oh, like we've got like we got 200 active clients right now. How do you so- define active though? Uh, so paying like invoice clients in
0: the month of okay. October. So there were two hundred in October that did at least one scan and paid you at least a ten cent invoice. At least ten cents. Yeah. yeah <laughs> fair. Fair. This is great. Okay. So you have some momentum here. When did you first like write the first line of code for this? What year?
1: Uh, so you know, a lot of this technology has its origins in you know pre-pandemic stuff. we were talking about digital identity and cryptography and stuff back in 2018. So um, we we're playing with the technology and then. When uh, the pandemic hit in, in 2010 and started becoming meaningful, the company was founded in June of 2020, and, okay. uh, and we had our first release in August of 2020. So
0: okay. uh, yeah. And bootstrap the date, or did you raise capital?:
1: and we raised capital. Um, our CEO uh, comes out of uh, Samsung Global Ventures and has a um, you know has a really strong VC. background. And, uh, right now we've been raising, uh, through, um, angel investors, private, in- private investors. We haven't raised a series a, um, I think we're working to that now. So but, you already yeah. closed uh, your,
0: your seed or pre-seed or no, it's still open. Uh, it's still open. Yeah. We still have a.
1: we still, uh, yeah, we're still working in a seed context. It's all, it's all pre-series a. And
0: Got uh, it. And when yeah. you say angels, you're talking like a hundred thousand, 200,000 sort of deal.
1: Yeah. $50,000 checks, hundred thousand dollar checks that we're looking at. Yeah.
0: Yep, yep, that makes sense. And and why do you need capital to scale this? Why can't you fund from customers? Like, what's the engineering heavy lifting that has to happen here?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of blockchain stuff, right? The data management, um, and there's new feature function that we're constantly looking at. Um, like, we we know that we need a solution to handle minors. Um, so, you know, uh, like children and the children's vaccine records is distinct from their parents' records. That's infrastructure that we know that we need to build. We want to build out our um, institutional infrastructure as well um, for return to work and those types of um, use cases to have you know better reporting and, and and better throughput. And a lot of this investment is into digital identity networks, which are more generalized than pandemic or health records. This is stuff that we could we could be doing um, digital ticketing. we could be doing um, academic records, we could be doing voter registration on on a lot of the same rails. That we're using health credentials for, uh, so I think that becomes really interesting in terms of future proofing a lot of our investment. We actually think that like tokenizing data in these de- decentralized types of networks um, has got a lot of legs that'll uh, that'll you know that'll yep. be the next decade worth of growth.
0: Yeah. Yep. So so moving forward, tell me more about the team. You're, so you are you one of the founding members? Do you have equity? Yep.
1: Yeah, I'm one of the founding members. There were six co-founders. Six uh,
0: co-founders. You get nothing done with six co-founders. <laughs>
1: I disagree. I think it's worked out really well. Who the hell and makes think, the decisions? <laughs> uh, we yell at each other a lot, but I think it's a very <laughs> constructive yelling. Um, what's, what makes it work is that the six of us have perpendicular skills, very
0: perpendicular skills. So. Did you split equity evenly amongst all six? Yeah. Makes it really? easy. Makes the math easy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So everyone owns basically like 15, 15.3%, something like that
1: roughly. And of course it's been diluted since then. Right. So, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So, so, so how yeah. many are you total today then? Obviously six plus any full timers. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think we're on the order of 15 full time, I think right now. And then of course we've got, um, uh, we've got an engineering team. We've got a design
0: team and, I mean, Carlos, kind of this friend, is a lot of expense. Of this, is a, this is a lot of employees for basically a pre-revenue company. How do you think about burn? I mean, you guys are operating right on the, right on the edge. Yeah.
1: The burn is the burn is very high for the 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 maturity of the company, but we're punching way above our weight class um and uh and competing with really highly capitalized
0: Who? Uh, companies. Competitor?
1: Uh we talk about you mentioned Clear, the airport security company. They're doing a lot of health credentials type business and and competing for the NFL teams that we're talking to as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, and they just had their IPO last summer. Um and uh, we're competing with IBM, which is the service provider for the state of New York. Um, and they've got, you know, they've got a solution in the market. And, you know, that's, that's our competitive base. And, got it.
0: Very um, cool. Well, listen, we're obviously rooting for you. I hope the pre-seed round closes exactly. out nicely and you scale to 400 locations by the next time we chat. But in the meantime, Carlos, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book?
1: Um, uh, lean Startup.
0: Uh, Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying?
1: Uh, Elon Musk.
0: Yep, number three, favorite <laughs> online tool?
1: Uh, Miro. I love Miro.
0: Mi- spell it. M-I-R-O. M-I- oh, Miro. Yeah. Number yeah. four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, I sleep really well. Uh, nine, 10. Nine. That's great. And what's your situation? Yeah. Married, single, kids? Single. Uh, any, no kiddos? No kids. All right. And how old are you? 52. Uh, 52. Take us home. Last question here. What do you wish you knew when you were 20? What, what I'm saying again, something you wish you knew when you were 20,
1: something I was wishing when I was 20.
0: No, something you wish you knew when you were 20. Oh,
1: when I was 20. Uh, geez. Um, uh, I think I, I, I was just, um, I was uncertain of myself. I should have just been more confident. I ended up doing the right things, but it took me too long. So.
0: Guys, join Bindle.com, launched in 2020. They want you to use their wallet to prove your vaccination status or other health records at venue entries, airports, etc. We'll see if they can scale. They're currently serving, call it 200 brands. They charge 10 cent per scan, did 4,000 scans last month, installed across 100,000 wallets. They've got 15 folks on the team, six co-founders, 200,000 plus, and sort of pre-seed capital they're using to try and compete with the likes of Clear, you know, the state of New York, etc. We'll see if they can do it. Carlos, thanks for taking us to the top. See you.